Welcome to the CFB Dynasty Podcast with hosts Matt Knowles and Brian McElfish. Hey everybody, how you doing out there? It's the CFBDynasty.com podcast. You're here with co-hosts, me, Matt Knowles, and that guy over there. I always point the wrong direction. Brian McElfish, <laughs> the uh, the owner and founder of CFB Dynasty. BMAC, how you doing today? Hey, man, I'm doing good. Good to see you. It's a disappointing fantasy season overall for me, but uh, excited to be here, man. We got bowl season coming up. The The portal, the college football calendar is just a mess. I uh, kind of hate where the sport is in that regard. Well, I'll tell you, today we got four cool topics we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the portal, everything that's going on with the portal. We're going to talk about the 12-team college football playoff that has finally been approved, how it's going to look, how it would look this year if there was uh, 12 teams in the playoff. We're going to talk about, there was an article that just broke that we could be talking about a group of six, the 11th college football Division One FBS conference. And then at the very end, we're going to talk about our CFBDynasty.com college bowl pick em. We're really excited about the winner of that has a chance to be able to get themselves a, a one-year subscription to CFBDynasty.com next year. It's for fun. It's for everybody. We'll talk more about that at the end, but just make sure you hang around so you can hear how to get yourself involved in that. All right. So BMAC, first thing we're going to talk about is the portal. I know for me, I think right now I get more excited about portal time of the year than I do recruiting class time of the year because, <laughs> well, I, I think that the reason for me is, is that, that portal time, that's normally going to be immediate impacts. Your recruiting class outside of probably less than 1% of the players are probably going to get redshirted. That doesn't mean there's not going to be impact freshmen out there, but guys that go into the portal are guys that are going to be immediate impacts on the team that they go to. So it's really interesting how you've now got portal season that is happening at the same time as um, early signing day and then regular signing day in college football. What are your thoughts on where we stand with the portal right now, BMAC? Uh, it shouldn't be like it is. Like, it's such chaos that, you know, it's coaches are being hired and fired at the same time. The portal is, is wide open at the same time as signing day. It is just absolute chaos. I couldn't imagine, like, being on staff where you're trying to basically re-recruit your own roster to see kind of yeah. gauge their sentiment. Are they coming back or not? Um, and then it, at any point, you know, back alley mentions a deal and then you hop in the portal to see what's going on. Like we're hearing names like Xavier worthy. We heard Drake may before he kind of uh, knocked that one down, but I just don't like the way it is. It's, it's kind of nice in like NFL and NBA where it's like, You've got draft and then you've got free agency and it's like a constant thing that's happening. You've got schedule releases and all that stuff kind of nicely laid out where you have a focus point for a little while for both of those leagues. So hopefully college football can kind of rein that in and get to that point. I think it, I think it sucks the way the whole season is just madness right now. Well, portal the, the thing, portal yeah, season's fun, but it's crazy. Yeah. The one thing I do like this year is they did put in the portal windows. So it's not like yeah. players have the opportunity to jump into the portal all year long. Cause that to me right. is when it's brutal when you're like, Hey, we're in week three of the season. And uh, you have like a D Eric King with Houston. That's like, Hey, our team's not going to win the national championship. I'm jumping in the portal. <laughs> yeah. Houston can't do anything about that. At that point, they can't go out there into the portal in week three or I'm not, I know he didn't go in week three, but 
you know, you can't go out there middle of the season and go pick somebody up from the portal, but you can have players leave your team in the middle of the season. So I'm mm -hmm. glad that they've decided to rein that in some and give you portal windows for when you can, when you can transfer and transfer out. But I agree. The one thing that I do like though, is that, I mean, you go back five, 10 years. And what was the argument is college football education or is college football a business? And now it's very clear college football is a business just like anything else. You have the NILs, you've got, you know, all the portals, uh, people have an immediate impact being able to, to transfer in and not lose a year. Um, I think it's been made very clear college football is a business um, and the players should have the ability to be able to go and treat themselves as business entities themselves. So at least yep. they're trying to allow that to happen now. And, and that is something that to me is good. Is the portal out of control right now? Yes, it absolutely is. But at least hopefully we get this thing under control here soon. And there's repercussions of that, right? So with uh, treating them like adults, you get the the comments like Dion said, like, hey, hop in the portal because you're not all going to have a spot here anymore because we're bringing in better players, basically. Um, you know, that's life. That could happen to anyone at their job. And, the, you know, some players that are in the portal, there's not going to be a spot for them. Um, and that's just part of the game. So it's it does suck. But uh, – it gives them that opportunity for sure. So uh, let's go take a look at some of the names that have hit the portal this year. There are some huge, huge names in the portal. Um, uh, we'll go. The very first one we'll bring up is the number one ranked quarterback in the portal. And that's Devin Leary. And um, obviously I'm a, I'm a Devin Leary fan. I'm a Devin Leary apologist. Um, I don't have any problem with seeing Devin Leary in the portal. And here's why. Um, if you go back a decade or so when, uh, when Russell Wilson was at NC State, Everyone expected Russell Wilson to come out. Um, you had Mike Glennon, who was there as well. It was basically a decision for NC State. Does Russell Wilson stay for one more year, or do we get Mike Glennon for the next three years? And Russell Wilson made the move for everyone's sake to go to Wisconsin. That way NC State was able to keep their starting quarterback for the next three years with Mike Glennon. Devin Leary leaving, nobody expected Devin Leary. Devin Leary could have gone to the pros last year. Yep. Nobody expected him to come back another year, but he got injured partway through the season in a in a lackluster season for him. So nobody expected him. The Wolfpack is not doesn't even have room for that quarterback. If he came back to NC State, you would lose one of the young guys that's going to be there. Um, obviously, Leary's not going to be a Frank Harris and get seven, eight, 10, 12 years of college eligibility. <laughs> <laughs> um, you would lose one of those young guys who's your guy uh, later on down the in the future. So seeing Devalier in the portal while, while I appreciate him, as long as he doesn't go to a school that I can't stand, um, you know, I, I'm going to be rooting for Devalier just like I'm going to be rooting for the guys that are still there at NC State. BMAC, who are some of the quarterbacks that you uh, you find interesting being in the portal? Right, now? Let's, let's just talk quarterbacks right now. Yeah, and you're looking at landing spots too. Um, one of the most interesting ones to me, obviously DJU's there, and, and that is what it is. Um, I'm most excited about Jeff Sims because I think he's on like a, uh, you know, he was on a team that was transitioning since his freshman year. He was the starter transitioning from a, a option offense to a, like a regular standard college football offense. And so it was a really difficult transition for him. And he came in with like incredible skill. He's a, dual threat guy with a big arm and he's strong too. So I want to see him see kind of where he lands and 
he could be a huge fantasy asset depending on where he goes next year. I think there's a couple of really interesting names that are out there. Let's let's go back to DJU. You made a very interesting comment before we uh, before we got on the podcast about DJU and and his timing of entering the portal. Why don't you share that with everyone? Sure. So I mean, Clemson, if they if they made the choice, kind of like everyone thought they would early in the year, kind of make that switch to Klubnik, they would have probably been in the playoff. And uh, I don't I don't think. Uh, Many people would disagree with that. I think if you go so, back and look um, at the uh, yeah that that Clemson Syracuse game was one of the weirdest moments I think of the college <laughs> football season where they benched DJU to put Klubnik in and Klubnik DJU did absolutely nothing in that game, absolutely nothing. They put in Klubnik. Klubnik brings them back, brings them back to victory. Starts Syracuse on a complete downward spiral for the rest of the season, and then they come right back out and they're like DJU's our quarterback, and you're like. My eyes are telling me that DJU is not your quarterback. He is not the one that is actually um, manning this offense. And like, so we saw this halfway through the college football season. So you're right. Um, this was one of those, probably one of the most obvious moves out there was for Clemson to go that way and to see DJU in the portal is that this is why the portal is there because he shouldn't be sitting on the bench. There's going to be another school that fits him right. And so it'll be interesting to see where he goes. I made this analogy before the season because I got to watch it firsthand, all the pain that goes with, uh, uh, you know, a really talented five-star player with the full skill set. Florida had Jeff Driscoll, and that was they, – they banked on him being great. And when he didn't pan out, uh, you know, Muschamp was kind of tied at the hip with, uh, with Driscoll. And – Driscoll ended up transferring to Louisiana Tech, had a good season with him, and then he was like, he might still be in the NFL as a backup somewhere, but he was at least for a while making some NFL money as a backup and doing decent. So it's one of those things, I think, that uh, the coach has loyalty and uh, that can kind of bite him. There's a couple of other interesting names that are out there that, uh, you know, like Austin Reed transfers from yep. Western Kentucky. Um, I find that move interesting because it's not like Western Kentucky doesn't have big names in the NFL right now. I mean, you know, you, you think, you know, some of the big schools have put quarterbacks into the NFL. Western Kentucky is kind of becoming a pipeline. So for him, Austin Reed to commit to Louisville, that's going to be an interesting move because was Austin Reed a product of Western Kentucky's offense or is Austin Reed really a quarterback? Um, in the same vein as a, as a Bailey Zappi, and as, as he going to be able to, to show up in the pros? So I think that's one of the interesting early commits out of the portal right there. Is well, he's not fully com committed, to my knowledge. Like he's 100% projected there to Louisville, okay. but I don't think he's committed yet. Brennan Armstrong's another one that I feel like when he had a good O line and good weapons, he was really good. Uh, Virginia lost six O linemen going into this past year, they're, they're top six. And uh, so it was a rough year for them. And I think a fresh start's needed for him. But if you put him in the right system, um, like imagine him kind of replacing Spencer Sanders, who's also in the portal, um, that could be really good for him. And I think they can have a really good year. Another interesting point, like you just brought up Virginia. Um, not that I don't, I don't think there's a whole lot of Virginia seniors that are on any fantasy rosters, but um, the NCAA granted seniors at Virginia uh, an extra year of eligibility because of the uh, tragic shooting on campus. So, uh, so hmm. if there are any seniors that you're looking for that you thought were going to be out of college football, 
You're going to have some guys with one year more of maturity, one year more of physicality. So you're going to have an extra senior class at Virginia this year that has a chance to play if they want to. So that's, a, that's something to keep an eye on there because you don't normally get that. So that so you can yep. see some uh, some other potential people, depending on who else goes into the portal at Virginia, that have a chance to be able to perform in an in a additional NCAA year. Mm-hmm. That's true. How about running back? Does anyone stand out to you there? Uh, definitely seeing Trey Sanders in there. Cavoise Smoke from uh, Kentucky. He's somebody that, that when he is flashed, he's flashed hard. Uh, so hopefully he gets to go to an offense that will uh, utilize him a little bit more. I feel like he's kind of got lost in the shuffle at Kentucky. So if he can go somewhere and yeah. become the uh, become the feature back, I think he could be a big a big time player. Um, seeing Lingard leaving Florida, I don't know how you feel about that one, BMAC. What's your what's your thoughts on on him jumping out? Oh, Florida's uh, they've got their two running backs and they're even younger than Lingard. Lingard and Sanders, both five stars when they come out. So seeing the, the two, four, seven, three star next to their name is just, hey, they didn't pan out. Um, but maybe they'll get a fresh start somewhere and kind of realize some of that potential, some of that hype that they had because they're obviously really talented. Both of them really fast. Um, so in the right scenario, they can be good. Um, and then you've got Ray Davis a four-star transfer coming out of Vanderbilt. And LJ Johnson is someone that I just thought he was going to get more carries at AM this year. I kind of thought maybe he would take some of the goal line carries because he's bigger back than A-Chain, but just really didn't get a lot of an opportunity. Um, and he'll have a shot somewhere else. There's more, uh, there's better quarterbacks and receivers out there than uh than running back in my opinion yeah i feel i feel exactly the same way about the uh about the the quality of of quarterbacks and wide receivers so let's go down to the wide receivers so um somebody we talked about a lot on the podcast this year um my boy from kent state dante cephas hits the portal that's going to be interesting mm-hmm. to see uh again if he's going to be somebody that can go to a larger school and be able to make some kind of impact at a larger school or if he was a product of of kent state being in a group of five conference and being able to get uh, get some yards there. So seeing Dante Cephas hit the portal was a surprise to me, but um, I'm interested to see where he goes. Uh, what Man, are some he of the looks names? so mean in that picture. Oh, he does. He does. He looks- <laughs> I, I would uh, I would say, like, if you take a look at Jacob Cowing, who we kind of saw him before he transferred to Arizona, you saw him produce and produce really well um, for them, and then he did the same thing at Arizona. Um, but one of his teammates at Arizona, uh, Dorian Singer, I think he was uh, one of like 26,000 yard receivers in the whole NCAA. And uh, he's transferring out and he'll have some eligibility left wherever he goes um, as one of the Pac 12's you know, leading wide receivers this past year. Um, but yeah, I like Cephas a lot. Singer um, is going to be really good. And then at tight end, Jaheim Bell. A lot of people are, he's a hundred percent projection to Florida state, which, you know, it could be better for him for fantasy purposes going elsewhere. But, um, you know, that's going to be an immediate impact player wherever he goes. So, yeah, it's going to be something that's going to be very interesting for us to be able to keep our eye on. Um, not sure if you guys that are out there playing college fantasy, if you are doing any kind of, um, special considerations for guys that are leaving in, in, uh, in the portal, uh, in our league, we've talked about many times, we have very, very limited pickups in season, very limited drops in the off season. Uh, last year we started doing, um, where teams could get a couple of additional drops. If it's player transferred to a program that wasn't beneficial for them, because you can't plan for 
portal transfers. I mean, there was one last year where we had two guys that transferred, two running backs that were starting running backs at their previous school that both transferred to the same school. And you can't you can't plan for that when you're doing drafts. So we always try to give a little bit of consideration as as college football maneuvers. We try to make sure that we kind of stay up with the times, uh, the rules we started with in CFBDynasty.com's home league would not be uh, appropriate today or applicable today. You always have to be maneuvering just a little bit here and there. Um, yep. Any other talk, any other thoughts you have about the portal right now before we move on? Well, we're going to get to see where these players commit. And uh, there's a lot of rumors floating around about some names that could be entering the portal potentially soon, some big names. So um, we'll kind of see what happens there. But the portal window closes, I think, early January, uh, sometime before the second signing period. So we'll have full rosters. And that's really where – that's why we're not putting out any rankings. Normally I've got some rankings and stuff kind of cooking by now. But at this point, I'm just waiting to see how the portal kind of shakes up, let things kind of uh, come to a conclusion, and then we'll start on our 2023 stuff. BMAC, Florida is going to be looking for a QB. Is who out there in the portal is somebody that you would like to see come your way? Give me a couple of names. Um, honestly, I, I think Leary would be my pick if I got to pick. Um, I like him in terms of, you know, he can run some, but he's also a, a really good passer and he's someone who's got great experience and good confidence uh with dju you worry about his confidence and how that's going to be and uh when it comes to sec play if you don't have confidence it's not going to go well for you so that would be my pick honestly um and, and, and see after, hudson card after all the times of, of nc state getting a florida quarterback transferring <laughs> up to nc state you know one of these years, it's going to be good for, for, for us to return the favor and give you a, give you an NC State guy. So I, yeah, it wouldn't bother me seeing Leary there, man, because Leary is a fun guy to watch. You guys would have a lot of fun as Florida fans uh, if, if you got Leary there for a year. So it would be interesting to see. Yeah. I'd like to see him there, for, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, that's repercussion or uh, like a little trade there for uh, Jacoby Brissett, I guess. <laughs> so – um, we're going to move on now. So one of the biggest stories that just broke recently, um, if you've listened to this podcast, even back in the day, you're talking about when uh, it was myself and Brian McKelfish and Zach Tao, we um, probably, I don't even remember, probably two years ago, we did a, a discussion about, um, about college football and the college football playoff. And now we finally, starting in 2024, are going to have a 12-team college football playoff. Um, I know I personally have been a huge, huge proponent of – the college football playoff expanding. Mm -hmm. The reason being is that division one FBS college football up to this point is the only sport in college football or in college sports where teams go in right now, knowing that they pretty much have no shot at a national championship. If you are Fresno state and Boise state playing in the mountain West conference championship right now, you're like, Hey, maybe we can win our conference championship and go play in a, unimportant bowl so to speak on december 17th or something like that that should not be the final ultimate goal by opening that door up to 12 teams now you've got guys that are out there as the cinderellas that have a small sliver of hope it's not something where you're looking at a six and six team having a chance to get into the playoffs uh but i love it i know bmac feels differently bmac tell me why you're shaking your head so i mean this is uh 
a lesson in economics really to me more than more than anything else like that unimportant bowl game comment that you had where did that come from because bowls were super important you know when when we were growing up or whatever even 15 years ago bowls were fun i always used to love bowl games that gave you the extra practices and then you felt like momentum going into the next year if your team was able to pull off the bowl win um and they were great but what changed we added a bunch of extra bowl games and now everyone who gets to five or six wins gets a bowl game and yes it waters it down and i think that's what the playoffs going to do to the regular season mostly the playoff games will be fun but you think about ohio state michigan that game you know at the time we thought winners going in in all likelihood loser goes home that's a playoff game and you've got the urgency there your perspective is fine from a fresno state thing i think that's a separate conversation to me like it doesn't matter. They have no shot at a national championship anyways. It should be, in my opinion, that should be separate. Like I, I would separate the bottom half of the, or I'd separate maybe the group of five and let them have their own playoff um, so that they have something else to play for. But I don't like the extra games. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch the playoff. I really do. And we'll go and get into the matchups in a sec, but I, I don't like it for what it's going to do to the regular season and the lack of urgency we're going to have like that Ohio state Michigan game is going to be a whole lot less fun to watch. If you're just thinking about your seeding, Oh, you'll be a three seed or an eight seed who cares as much at that point. Well, and, and I, and I understand, and I think there's some tradition that's involved there and, and some traditional thoughts. And I think that, like I said, both sides of this, this coin are valid, but, and it may be that it may be that, that once every 10 years, there's somebody that is in the group of five, or we'll talk about potentially a group of six um, that has a chance to be in the playoff and has a mm -hmm. chance to actually do something. But just imagine what's going to happen if in that first round of the playoff, you have somebody that, that won their conference or somebody that jumped up and somehow found a way to be in the top six at larges that goes into Alabama and beats Alabama on their home field. Most likely that's not going to happen, but just imagine that one time <laughs> if that happens, having that one little opportunity out there, that's right now there's no opportunity for Cinderella's in college football. And I think that by allowing there to be a 12 team playoff, you're going to see some recruiting change a little bit too, for the group of five, because players now know that they're going to still have an opportunity to potentially make the playoff. If they have a, if they have an undefeated season, if you have an undefeated season, now you have a team like UCF, they've called themselves the uncrowned national champions a couple of years ago. UCF is going to have a chance to put their money where their mouth is. You're not going to see a UCF being able to make that claim anymore. They're going to have an opportunity to be able to get into the playoff. And then show if they were really the team that, that that they talked that they were. Maybe they win one game. Who knows? I just don't think the opportunity for a once-in-a-decade Cinderella is worth sacrificing urgency of the offseason and the uniqueness of college football. Like It doesn't have to be made to work just like the NBA or the NFL, in my opinion. You want to keep it, in my opinion, I would keep it about Saturday, and that is a traditional thing um if you're not a a huge college football fan you just don't understand it um so i know a lot of nfl people will 
you know, just think it's obvious, like that's the right choice, but in my opinion, it's not. So well, it's all well, about perspective. Big, yeah. Like I said, like it's, and it's not that either one of these perspectives is incorrect. I think that they both kind of go together. Um, if you expanded the college football play up to 32 teams, I think that, you know, I would be on the same side as you. You'd want to talk about watering it down. Who cares? I mean, 32 teams in a college football playoff would be ridiculous, but by expanding it out to the level that they did, it allows the game. It allows a champion to be decided on the field. It mm -hmm. allows it to be, and it takes it out of the, the pollsters hands. It takes it out of the rankings hands. Cause one of the things to me that is the most frustrating about college football is that the preseason rankings have so much of a determination on where people see it at the end of the season. If you're a team that is outside the top 25, when the season starts, you almost have no chance of making that college football playoff. And that's unfortunate. If you're somebody that's preseason ranked number two, you could go and lose two games and still find yourself having a chance to be able to make the college football playoff. Now you at least have the outside shot of removing that over influence of the pollsters and giving people a chance to actually prove it on the field. Yeah, now I agree with you there. So I think the way that we determine uh, strength of schedule, um, you know, quality of win, all of that stuff needs to change. Like I would definitely base that on Vegas metrics there where, you know, spreads and things matter and um, big wins or bad losses, all of that stuff matter. And it's not a, a rankings thing. It's more of a a computer-based or Vegas metrics kind of based thing, uh, in my opinion. And a lot so, of that stuff shouldn't change over the years. But what would it look like this year? So, uh, so this year, okay. Do you have the article pulled up on that side? Are you able to share that from your from your side? I've got it. So we've got the rankings here, one through twelve. I'll just run through it really quick. We've got obviously Georgia, Michigan, TCU, USC, and in the proposed this proposed version of the playoff, that's. Uh, going to start 2024. Those top four that are in the playoff this year will get a bye. And then the ha the uh, first round would consist of these games here. Which one of these would be your favorite here? We've got Tulane at Ohio State. That's a beatdown. Utah at Alabama. Fun game right now. That would be a really fun game. Kansas State at Tennessee. Man, if Tennessee had, like Tennessee without Hooker there, that's that's a good game. But keep in mind, too, we're talking like actual home games here. And then Clemson at Penn State with Klubnik um, at Happy Valley. Uh, what do you think about that first round? Set so I actually, I actually love all those matchups in the first round. I think obviously you're right. I think Ohio State is the – Ohio State is the one that probably has the easiest path because that's the 5-12 matchup. And for those of you that don't know what the the um, the guidelines are for a 12-team playoff, the top six division or conference champions, regardless of ranking, make it to the playoffs. So if you have a season where you've got the, the a conference champion and they're ranked number 24 in the country and that's the, the highest ranked number six conference, they're going to make the playoffs. So the top six conference champions and then the next the top six at large so that's I lost why you for a minute there sorry if uh if you heard some conversation look my like my internet died for a sec but we're good all right, all right so uh like i said it's the top six division champions or conference champions and then the top six at larges so tulane as the sixth ranked conference champion this year makes it in as the number 12 seed now 
that may be a beatdown, but I guarantee you right now, um, the Green Wave is going to have the would have the most excitement they've ever had on their college campus in history. I guarantee they're going to be able to go out to their recruits and be like, see, look at this. We are in the college football playoff for the first time ever. Guaranteed that the, the economy in that town is going to go berserk because they able, they're able to, to, um, to promote that. I think that that's going to be great for that community. Um, so for that reason, I like that. Uh, Utah, I think that Utah and Alabama, I feel like Utah would probably be the favorite in that game right now. I know that that sounds tough to say. But Utah, I think, is playing better football right now than Alabama is. And, um, you know, Utah's coming in feeling hot about themselves. Alabama, I don't think, is feeling that way as much. Um, and then um, Tennessee, there's a good a, a good, uh, a good thought right there. Tennessee, they don't have their starting quarterback. That's, that's one that is primed for an upset right there. Tennessee looked great all year. That's primed for an upset. You know me, I'm always an advocate for the little guy, always an advocate. I love seeing upsets. So I think that there's a couple opportunities for upsets there. Um, those first round matchups are all going to be on campus. Um, after that, you're going to go into bowl games for the rest of the games. Um, so yeah, it's good. I think it's just going to be interesting to be able to see what happens there. And I'll clarify too. So this article that we're talking about is from the Sporting News, and it was before uh, USC lost to Utah. So obviously, this would be shifted around just a little bit here with uh, Ohio State in. Um, and then the second round, so, so the quarterfinals would be Georgia taking on the winner of Penn State and Clemson. Um, Michigan taking on the winner of Tennessee, Kansas State. TCU taking on the winner of Bama versus Utah. And uh, in this case, USC uh, would be taking on the winner of Ohio State Tulane. So you'd get that USC Ohio State matchup either way, um, seemingly, but USC probably you know dropped down a little bit more, so it'd be more in that seven to seven ten matchup. I just like I said, I think that this will be great. I think that oh, it'll uh, be fun for sure. Yeah, I think I think going into the future, I I just feel like you're going to have a totally, especially with what we've already talked about. We talked about recruiting classes. We talked about the portal. I think that you're going to see. I think you're going to see some some smart schools out there. They're going to be like, "Hey, man, you should come to our school. We've got a we've got an easier path to get to the college football playoff than say the number the fifth team in the SEC." So you might see a team from the Mountain West or a team from Conference USA that tries to get some recruits to come that way. Hey, you guys want to play in a, in a college football playoff? All we got to do is be win our conference and be the, the highest ranked team. You never know what could happen out there. I, I just feel like finally, college football beats every every other sport in college in college sports can have a legitimate champion where you know that everybody that that should have an opportunity is there some cinderellas are there i think it's going to be great yeah i think it's going to be great but i would rather it not happen (laughs) (laughs) all right so so to so to further dilute this conversation an article just dropped this morning that says we could have a group of six in 11th FBS conference. The Atlantic sun and the WAC is pairing up to attempt to move to the FBS. Uh, this was our, this is courtesy ESPN Pete Thamel over there. Um, he says the remaining football members of the Atlantic sun and the WAC have agreed to align and form a foundational 10 team conference. They're going to try to be the first conference in over 20 years to come in all as once into FBS there's currently no 
guidelines for an entire conference to come in at once. Uh, Division one football is only set not. up to approve one school at a time. Uh, but right now you're looking at the powerhouses of Stephen F. Austin, Abilene Christian, Utah Tech, Southern Utah, Tarleton State, um, Austin P, Eastern Kentucky, Central Arkansas, North Alabama, and UT Rio Grande Valley um, are all looking, uh, nine of those 10 are looking to try and be in the FBS coming up in 2024. If they can get approval, and then Utah, uh, UT Rio Grande Valley State would come in in 2025. Um, that is probably not going to impact the college football playoff, but that very well could impact college fantasy football. Because Over under four of those players from this new conference being on your team year one. They probably would be. You are probably right. <laughs> I, I had James Madison players. I always have got, I had Liberty players their first year and they did good. They did mm -hmm. good, but I'll, um, you know, as, as somebody into college fantasy football, that is something that um, we've never seen it where you've seen that many schools. We know there's going to be a couple coming in next year. There are already a couple more coming in the year after, but to see an entire conference come in that could really change your thinking because there's not a whole lot of data out there that's going to be able to tell us how is a Stephen F. Austin FBS going to perform against an Abilene Christian FBS. Um, yep. And you could see we'd, we'd have to go back and look at how they performed against each other in the FCS ranks um, to be able to see what wide receivers, what uh, what offenses are they running. You, that's that's also a lot of potential new players. I mean, that's like what eight percent, an eight percent rise in the number of players that could potentially be drafted on the college football rosters. You never mm -hmm. know what that could do to affect um, to affect the outcomes. Could you imagine being in a college football championship and BMAC being, man, I've got to get home to go watch Tarleton State versus Utah Rio Grande Valley because that game is going to be the one that's going to make me decide if I have to punch my windshield or not if I'm going to win this <laughs> win this championship. <laughs> BMAC, what do you think about the possibility of having an entirely new group of six conference coming in formed between the Atlantic Sun and the WAC two years from now into college fantasy sports? You know, I think it's fine. Uh, like I said earlier, I would split it to where, you know, you've got the group of five-ish and they have their own playoff. Because um, I, I think it's a little bit crazy to think there's going to be 150 schools vying for one champion uh, or trying to be one champion. It's just unfeasible. So many schools going into the year, they just don't have a shot whatsoever. Um, so... That's one of the things we didn't cover earlier is how do they determine these these uh uh you know playoff contenders um so there are it's it's just mostly at large and there's conference championships but I don't think they're specifically tied into the playoff um so yeah they're not the, the mostly gonna, you're gonna have to if you're a tarlatan and you want to make it to the playoff it's gonna have to be an at large. Yeah, you would have to, like I said, it's the top six ranked conference champions that'll make it in regardless of ranking. So you could potentially, let's say it's a year when the Big 12 is just absolutely trash or the Pac-12 is absolutely trash. You could see potentially the Mountain West and the Sun Belt if they have undefeated teams. You could see two group of five champions make it to the playoff. That's a very big possibility because it's not there's not always a chance that your your top ranked group of five or your power five conferences are going to have 
the top ranked schools that are out there. I mean, what if you've got an upset in your championship? You could have yeah, an upset. Like LSU you, beats Georgia this year or whatever. Yeah, you could have you could have a team that's seven and five go into the championship because they're on a divisional side in their in their conference, and now they've knocked out their conference champion. And you could have an unranked conference champion. Very well, divisional easily. sides are probably going to go away too. Well, they uh, are, at least they, in the SEC, it's more likely than not, I believe. Oh, they are they, they are going to go away in the ACC as well. So you're probably right. You're probably going to see that happening more and more. Uh, that way you're going to get the top two teams in a conference that are going to have a much better chance of keeping that ranking up there. So yeah. I think it's interesting. I think it's going to be interesting to see if they're able to get the both of these, if, if the ace son of the whack are able to get all these teams in, it's going to have more of an impact on college fantasy than it is on um, on the college football playoff. But uh, it'll be interesting when that comes about. And uh, for those of you listening to this podcast, if you get thrown into a time warp and we go to the first podcast of the 2024 season, we'll make sure to talk about my roster. And I'll tell you about how many guys from these uh, this 11th conference make it onto my roster because BMAC has already predicted the over-under <laughs> is four. I think it's probably going to be the under, but I think it's probably not going to be under by much. <laughs> Yeah, unless Danny has swayed you to expand the rosters or whatever by then. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so um, we got one last topic for today, and that is we talked about all year. We are going to be doing the first annual CFBDynasty.com College Bowl Pick'em. Uh, we're doing it on uh, ESPN. It's going to be done under the um, the Capital Bowl, Capital One um, Bowl Mania or whatever it's called. Um, and uh, Capital One Bowl Mania 2022. So it's going to be open to everyone. We're going to post the link on Discord. Uh, everybody's able to be up there. We want anybody that's on Discord to come take a part. It's free. We're not charging anybody anything. We just want to get everybody up there involved. We're going to make sure that the CFB Dynasty Home League knows. We're going to mandate that these guys get their butts in there. Um, anybody that wants to be involved can be a part. The winner, if their names are not me or BMAC, uh, is going to get a one-year subscription to CFBDynasty.com next year. So instead of having to go and invest your money in CFBDynasty.com to get the the uh, the metrics-based rankings, you're going to be able to get yourself a free subscription. It's going to be straight up. We're not doing any kind of confidence. We're not doing spreads. We're just going in there. Just make your picks. And uh, let's see who is the best prognosticator when it comes to the bowl season. Uh, this podcast is being recorded on December 9th. Uh, this is a week prior to the first bowl game starting, which happens on December 16th. So um, we want to make sure you get up there. You get this information as quickly as possible because we want to see as many of you out there as possible. Put your picks where your mouth is, just like we're going to do, and see what happens. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see these rosters, how they shake out. You've got um, all these players in the portal. Like the portal has thousands of people, so could literally make 15 to 20 teams just out of portal players. So – you know, you've got schools like Florida and A&M that have been decimated by players entering the portal. I know Napier said some of these guys that are in the portal are going to, you know, help Florida out and play for them in the bowl game. So uh, going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. But, yeah, come join us. We'll post it there. We'll post it on Twitter. Uh, hop in, make some picks, and uh, we'll be talking about it throughout the uh, throughout bowl season. BMAC, are there any actual bowls that are out there this year that you are you're interested in seeing how they play out outside of the playoff, just regular standard bowls? Anybody out there that you uh you're looking forward to seeing what happens in those games? Um I haven't really looked. And this again is uh I'm a 
big time college football fan. Obviously, I watch a lot. I watch all the teams, all the conferences. Um, I haven't paid as much attention to bowl matchups as I normally would have five, ten years ago when there weren't 80 bowls. And it's it's mostly right now, most of my attention has been player centric, looking at portal, looking at recruiting, all of that stuff. So um, haven't fully dove in yet, but as I go in and do my bowl picks, uh, yeah, I think I think there's going to be some fun ones for sure, but nothing specifically out there yet. How about you? Well, I, I think this is interesting because one of the bowls in the uh, Capital One Bowl pickup that you get a pick is Jackson State versus North Carolina Central. I think it's going to be very interesting to see what Jackson State, an undefeated team, puts onto the field with Dion leaving with recruits decommitting. Um, Are they going to go out there and be like, bump this crap. We want to show you that the guys that are still here want to be 13 and 0, or is there going to be just like the big balloon has been completely deflated because they know that no matter what they do, that their future looks a little more bleak without Dion and that national publicity around them. So that's going to be an interesting early matchup. Um, One game that I always watch every year. It doesn't matter who plays in it. It's the Rose Bowl. So love the tradition of that game. I definitely want to make it out to that, to that game at some point. But yeah, Utah-Penn State will be a fun matchup. I think uh, Western Kentucky-South Alabama. Um, if you would have told me before the portal opened, I would say that this would be a, a pretty incredible matchup just from a college fantasy football perspective. Um, but now you've got Austin Reed that is um, – in the portal there, but there's a ton, a ton of fantasy players that are in there. And, you know, the, one of the things about the, the bowl season that I do enjoy is seeing who jumps out in the bowl season and, yes. and going, Hey, maybe that guy is going to be somebody next year. I know that, uh, that last year I thought the Roshan Johnson after his bowl performance was going to be a big player, um, in, in 2022. And he absolutely was not that. <laughs> uh, I was, I was, I was pumped that he was going to be able to take some carries to Bijan Robinson, but I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's a great key and uh, something I'll look at when I'm watching all these games too. Who stands out? Um, oh, you know these, whatever 15 practices all these teams are allowed to have in between the end of their season and bowl the bowl game, they matter so much for growth and development for a lot of these younger players. So yeah, seeing maybe a, a relique Brown for USC or whatever, if they pop um, as they're potentially getting more carries when other people opt out, like so important going into next year and into, uh, you know, 2023 fantasy rankings. I think uh, Oklahoma and Florida state from a name perspective, that mm-hmm. one is probably one of the biggest minor bowls that's out there but um i think florida state has just shown that they they are a team that's on the rise right now i think they're going to go in there and just smash smash oklahoma in that one um so basically hey i'm telling you right now i'm picking florida state in that game i I don't think that oklahoma's got a shot the way florida state ended their season um but um yeah otherwise otherwise there's a few other matchups that that are interesting but a lot of it is is going to be you know so many teams have got guys like ohio state um, that are just like, ah, oh, you know what? We're in the play. I don't care. I'm just not going to be, I'm going to go prepare for the NFL to me that, that like seeing Smith and Jigba say, he's just not going to play. I'm like, wow, that, that is bizarre. Normally you see guys that say they don't want to play in a bowl. I can roll with that, but pl- not want to play in the playoff. That that's, that is something to me that is frustrating. Yeah. Well, that's one thing that, uh, 
Josh Pate over at Lake Kick has predicted. Like the the term meaningless bowl game didn't used to exist. The term meaningless playoff game for some is going to exist at some point. You know, the more Tulane yeah. versus uh, Ohio State kind of matchups we get. Um, not surprised if people sit out. Well, I would tell you this. I think that that Tulane-USC game is probably going to be one of the more important bowl games this year because be as one. we talked yeah. as we talked about here if the if the playoffs started this year with 12 teams Tulane would have been in so if Tulane could go in and play against USC in the Cotton Bowl which is basically a home game for Tulane if they can go in there and they can win that game they can start saying see we belong to this year we belong if they go in and USC smashes them then people are going to have the opposite discussion. They're going to take the BMAC side of things and say, Tulane should never be in a playoff. Get this crap out of here. But I would like to see it the other way around, just so that that way there's some legitimacy behind that that last team, that 12th team, that, um, that Cinderella having a shot. We shall see. There's really uh, no real argument from my side now other than it's just going to happen so we'll be watching it here in a couple of years all right bmax so unless there's anything else you want to talk about we can wrap this podcast up for today if you're listening to this please do not forget to go up to discord and go look for cfb dynasty uh that's where you can get all of your bowl talk you can get all of your college football rankings and you can go get the link or if you don't want to even go up there and do it and you just want to listen to this podcast and say hey i want to be a part of the college bowl pick them just go to ESPN.com, go to college, uh, go to the, um, the, uh, oh my goodness, to the Bowl Mania, to Capital One Bowl Mania, and look up CFB Dynasty. The password is CFB2022. Uh, CFB2022 to be able to get in there and put your picks in. And uh, we hope to see you in there. We hope to be able to get in there because we want to be able to compete against you. We want to be able to beat your butt. BMAC thinks he's going to be the one that's going to be at the top. He thinks nobody's going to be competition. He looks at all you guys like you guys are all group of five people that should not be in this bowl pick them, and he wants to smash you. Prove BMAC wrong. Oh, not in the least. I just feel like I'm going to join this and uh, lose to Gordy. Uh, no, by like BMAC, BMAC, no, don't, <laughs> don't let him talk you down. BMAC thinks he's going to smash you. <laughs> hey, oh, man. Oh, I'm looking forward to just watching some football here. we got some bowl games starting up in like a week, so get your picks in. I do have one. I do have one little correction before we leave because if I don't do it, I'm going to hear about it. And a couple weeks ago, I, uh, I I I kept talking about my opponent, my opponent, and my opponent was like, "You're going to go name everybody else, and you aren't even going to name me on the podcast." What did I do to you? Maybe he didn't say that, but maybe he did. I have no idea. But my opponent was William Dong, aka the Dong Father, um, and uh, William C. Now I've mentioned your name on the podcast. So you can uh, you can take those voodoo dolls and you can hand them back to Mike Dillingham, hand them back to Gordy. You do not need use of their voodoo dolls anymore. I've I have I've made I've made my amends. <laughs> you bringing up the Gordy and the voodoo dolls again? He's just gonna he's gonna stab me in the throat. Um, <laughs> I better they get punched in the groin. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the groin punch. That's fine. All right, guys. Well, this has been uh, Matt Knowles and Brian McElfresh for cfbdynasty.com. We hope you guys have a great uh, a great holiday season and get your butts up onto Capital One Bowl Mania. cfbdynasty.com for the pit for the brackets. cfb2022 for the uh, password. We'll see you there. Have a good weekend.
Yeah.